As you well know, for many years we have exiled those rebels and criminals who, like you, possess this unholy immortality. Therefore, I sentence you both to this same exile. An exile into the future. What? Silence, General Katana! In that distant future, you will face other immortals in trial by combat, from which only one can survive. And, as is your way, you will die only when your head is cut from your body. Will we be together? Well, not at first. But we are joined in a way that can never be broken. Not even by death. When you need me, you'll only have to call my name. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Sweet Sweet Podcast. I'm Kieran, and the host of Citizen Frame. Joining me today is the regular band of misfits, Trevor. Good to be here as always, Kieran. Cool. And Mr. Happy himself, Colin. That is correct. I am here. There can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fanboy, are you? Not of this one, no, but of Highlander, of the original, Yes. <laughs> uh, well, the reason we're, we're revisiting the franchise, I guess you can say, is because obviously there's been some bad press. <laughs> Just a little with bit. Highlander 2. Just a little bit. Um, and the reason we're revisiting, I made a comment during the review of Highlander. I'm not a fan of it. I was don't like it at all, actually. However, I did see Highlander 2 before seeing Highlander. So it might have caused some kind of hatred toward Highlander. <laughs> Or whatever. Um, kind of the same concept was happening when I saw Evil Dead for the first time. I already saw Evil Dead too, so I wasn't sure if I was getting a comedy or not. So it kind of maybe tainted the image of the of the original films. Um, well, let's let's start let's start off by this. Let's do this way. So, what better way to start off a review by let's let the the actors speak for themselves. Michael, Michael Ironside, who we all like. I think we all agree. He's yes. always a good bad guy. He's um, terrible in this. The one and only time I've seen him being terrible. But well, there is a reason for that, and yeah, you're, which I'm sure you're about to explain. Yeah, so we've got a couple actors who have some quotes about why they did the film. And pretty much Michael Ironside says, yeah, listen, I hated the script. <laughs> we all did. <laughs> Me, Sean, Chris, we were all, in, we're all in it for the money on this one. I mean, it... <laughs> It read as if it was written by a 13-year-old boy. Um, but I never played a barbarian swordsman before. Um, this is my, my chance to play the big evil mastermind. I figured it was going to be a stupid movie. <laughs> I might as well have fun. And I decided I'm going to take it over the top and go all out. Um, all that eye-rolling and foaming at the mouth. That's just, that's just me just fucking hamming it up. And he says, I know this movie's a piece of shit. And I'm going to be the most memorable fucking thing in it. <laughs> <laughs> And um, Miss Matson, Virginia Matson, says, "Hey, I never been to Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> he just which wanted a holiday, they, <laughs> which is where they filmed it. Yeah. Um, so you know the actors are on board. <laughs> Can I just say as well uh, on you know you mentioned Virginia Matson. She is actually I would say the only one of the cast that retains her dignity in it. Now, obviously, I mean she she does her very best with the shit that she's got." And I think she's the only one that comes out of it with her dignity intact. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What? What? What I, fucking movie do you see? No. I, I mean, given the lines that she had to say, 
she does remarkably well with you know she didn't write the lines obviously and she i think she is the only one that that in, in this film anyway um uh, that acts that actually acts the rest no, of them are just have the rest of them are just pissing around you know? no i don't think virginia was there for um no, no i don't think she brought I, any I, acting credibility to that at all to, to be well, listen. To be fair to her, hands were tied. You know, to let's let, let's let's just jump into it because you know <laughs> we don't want to waste any time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, now we got Russell McCulley back, who directed the first one, and the reason I read up a little bit, he walked out of the premiere like ten minutes yeah. into it. Well, he was semi like his control was removed from the movie. Apparently, was it not? Yes. That's why there's the yep. Renegade cut. Yep, he was locked out of the edit. He was locked out of the editing room. Um... There's two. There's two. There's two versions of this. Um, there's a 20 minute extended. That's the Renegade cut. I think you just mentioned. And then there's the the studio cut. Well, his I'll cuts meant example. to remove all the that yeah, they're from the, the past shit. and they're from yes. an alien planet. That's meant to all be gone in his cut. Yeah. Well, I yes. think that's that, that's the biggest crime of the film. I I can handle shit acting and and a weak storyline to a certain extent. You know what I mean? You can have a bit of a laugh at that. But for sort of Highlander purists. Um, which I would consider myself, it was the fucking about and retconning the backstory of, you know, the Immortal Warriors, which was the biggest crime. I mean, the original is essentially a fantasy film, a sort of epic fantasy film, um, but this just had a, a complete fucking left turn into science fiction, and it didn't work at all. I mean, it, it's bollocks, and I completely um, agree with Michael Aaron's side. You'd think it was written by a 13-year-old boy, an yeah. illiterate 13-year-old boy. A <laughs> very emo or lonely yeah. thirteen-year-old boy, because there's a lot of like it looks like a metal music video almost. Like you've got the people with Steam the tongues out and screaming, and I, I love emo and metal, but this is this is horrendous. This looks like an emo kid wrote this. Yeah, it, it's uh, no, what, but that, but this, that was Highlander was like that. No, it was not. You it's shut your mouth. It's yeah, it was. It was this. It was this. It, yes, the exact same thing. But, but, but more of a no, no, music video. No, no, I would say Highlander, the original, was more um, filmed in the sort of in the tone and style of a rock video, where this is like a shit emo goth steampunk video. Do you know what I mean? Because um, the director, his background was um, originally in music videos. He directed music videos for the likes of Bonnie Tyler's um, Total Eclipse of the Heart, Heart and stuff. You know. Yeah, we know that from the last podcast yep. with Highlander. We talked about that, and that's fine. And I like Rush McCulley. I think he's a fine director. I mean, okay director. But let's here's let's okay. So in the beginning, uh, McLeod is old. So I don't. I don't think they aged. Is this because he hasn't been getting the quickening? He he ages. Yes, that's one of the prizes of the um, the prize. <laughs> the prize, yeah, essentially. Um, as Colin correctly um, stated before the podcast, um, it basically has these other magical powers, like you can see and hear everything. Um, but also, the, one of them, you know, it's it's the greatest prize is he no longer has the curse of immortality. He's a mortal man, so that's why he's aging. Yeah, much like what? we did watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't... You don't what? What? All right, so he's immortal. Yes. In Highlander. Yes. Yeah. Why is he not in this? Because he won because the prize. Won. That, that is part of the prize. To, to become mortal because immortality it's the whole I thought he got the prize when he got all the quickening when he killed all the bad dudes that he became this badass forever no no I mean he's it a badass be- um, but he is mortal yes 
Because there, there's a trope with any sort of stories and stuff about immortality and stuff. There's always the curse of immortality. And in fact, the original film um, very much um, deals with that theme. You know, wherever, you know, everybody, everybody loves dies. You know, like Heather, his wife and stuff. So the, part of the prize is that he becomes mortal. Okay. Uh, all right. So he's on this planet. <laughs> and we're introduced to, we're introduced to Sean, uh, Sean, Sean Connery and, and McLeod. They don't know each other. Well, they don't know each other, but he knows he's he's the Highlander guy, and so he goes, "I'll see you down there." And they end up going, oh, "Okay, they get captured, right?" <laughs> You're just and making this up as you go. This is as bad as the script. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. Okay, they do, they there's a captured. big fight going. There's a fight going on, and you have McLeod fighting, right? And then we see Michael Ironside. Was it Katanas? Whatever his name is. Yeah, Katana. He. They, so they capture them, all right? So they've got Sean Connery, and they've got Highlander Man, McCloud. And it reminds me of Zod, the whole thing from Superman. Yeah. But they have this elite uh, judges, I guess you can say. And Katanis wants to kill him. He's like, let's just kill him and end him, which makes sense to me. But they said, no, we're going to send him to this other planet, which is Earth. Why do, they bat, why do the judges send him, them to Earth? It's, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's, it's a serious plot hole. You know, it's another plot hole. The fact that even on their alien planet, they are called the same names that they will eventually get by humans whenever they go to Earth. Ramirez and McLeod. Yeah. What that, okay, a fucking that's... Scottish name and a Spanish name on an alien planet. Um, and then they get sent to Earth and are born to, like, presumably to human parents or whatever. And um, they get this. Uh, it, it completely bollocks up the original films. Yeah, it's not like um, they just mythology. appear on Earth, which is what this film depicts it as. Like, I it's doubt they dropped film. in, and you know, Connor somehow then grew up in this McLeod clan, and Ramirez did his shit. Um, but then not only that, they are banished. Yet, uh, Katana is immortal as well, but he's okay to live. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's retconning in the worst possible way. It is a fucking mess. Um, and, and, I mean, a lot of the problem is down to the editing as well. Hence, you know, getting this, you know, director's cut. Um, but, you know, um, what what we get in the original cinematic cut, which I rewatched, um, is an absolute... It's a piss take. It's a complete shit show. Yeah. It's the only way to describe that movie. This film is terrible in, in practically every fucking aspect. Well, I'm going to I'm going to stick off for some couple scenes here. Piss off. No, I am. I'm not. Listen, no, Trevor, 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 stop, stop. Go ahead. Trevor, I'll just, I'm just going to edit you out now. I'm just going <laughs> to edit you out. No, listen, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not giving it, you know, a coup uh, an applause, but I'm telling you right now, the very little fight scenes that are in it are not bad. Yes, they are. No, 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 no! You guys sit there and you fucking said Highlander. You guys sit there and you backed up their sword fight, which was horrible in Highlander. <laughs> uh, and even Trevor even says it's not about the sword fights. Well, of course it is. People want to see sword fights. The choreography <laughs> was horrible in that in Highlander. They paused and they waited for people to swing, and they're like scared of a sword. It's a horrible. Yeah, right, you should be scared of a sword. It's sharp. Oh, Kieran, I'm, Kieran, I'm going it's, to no, it's not. It has nothing. It has, it has to do with bad choreography. This has some better choreography in it. Kieran, I'm going to agree with you in a way. Some of the um, early fight scenes, you know, those stupid assassins that stick their tongue out and go, <laughs> um, some of that is very well done with wire work and, you know, Christopher Lambert yes. and wires. Yes. And I did like that scene yes. because the ES used practical wire work and it did look it looked pretty cool. No, it did not. The guy literally got, yes, the guy got to the end and basically just 
slowly glided around and then came back. Like, come on. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, and, and I thought it was time, pretty good. And for the time, it, it was definitely um, I bought it, um, very good. But um, what I, I did have major issues with the badly edited finale sword fight. That was just shit. Um, well, I, I've complimented climax. I thought the choreography of the fighting was all right. There's a cool... The, I like the middle fight where McLeod gets on top of the elevator that and the elevator bad. crashes. Yeah. And he crashes and he's got to put his bones back into place. That I actually don't yeah. mind. Oddly. Yeah. I thought that was all right. That's the only part it, that I'm okay with because you're like, that makes sense. And this movie has now, that... How do you describe it? It's It's got that kind of dark Robocop sensibility to it in terms of its humor. Yes. yes there was also... And I thought I felt an attempt at the sort of satirical stuff in Robocop. You know, whenever there's an ad for some like fucking chef show with a ghost. Plus yep. the, um, the, the, the... When Sean Connery's on the plane... And they're they're showing this um, horrific fucking plane crash, you know, safety video. Mm-hmm. So I thought they were tapping into that a little bit. And you've got the over the top gun down scene where they're driving in in the car and their bodies are just being blown to bits. Yeah, yeah. and the over the top yeah. villains I- as well, um, including uh, and one of the worst offenders for the acting in this is that guy John McKinley, is it you call him? He was in Scrubs. <laughs> yeah, he plays like the head of the board that owned the shield over Earth. I mean. His acting was fucking diabolical. Okay, now Sean Connery's head got cut off in the last one. Yes, yes. you don't bounce back from that. He so dead in this film. <laughs> how did he come back, and why is he going to help McLeod? He came back because magic. Apparently, yeah. in this movie, the quickening is that little like where they dip their fingers in the jar of goo and then touch each other. It's that scene. That's the quickening in this movie. Apparently. They also explain it away at the start. They, they it's bullshit, like, but they explain it away at the start when they're on the, the alien planet and they're up in front of the judges. And um, Connery turns around and says to McLeod, um, "Well, Ramirez, you know his name in it. Um, if 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 you ever need me, just call my name." And that's a terrible Sean Connery um, impression. But he say, but he does say to McLeod, "If you ever need me, just call my name." And then later on, um, after he, whenever he's fighting the two guys you know with the stupid outfits um on the wires and stuff he says ramirez ramirez where are you yes it's bullshit but it is sort of in a way explained but what does it make sense even further is for whatever reason he appears in scotland yes Mm -hmm. and then has to take an international flight on a twin propeller plane like they didn't even model in a jet (laughs) in what what year was that film set 2024 so two years from now they're flying around internationally on a twin prop plane that's not a thing but that could actually be explained away by the fact that sort of everything has regressed you know when things become like steampunk because of society across the world breaking down so i can't sort of accept that in a way but but I mean, me, I mean, I'm not really. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean. Also, how come everyone in Scotland speaks with English accents? I don't this? know Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me. Okay, so the shield is protecting the, from everyone from the sun, and that's why everything's so dark and gloomy. Because obviously, you know, you're in a world that you're not getting natural light. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is controlled by the John C. McKinley guy. Yeah. Um. And McLeod and Alan are the two guys who kind of created it. Yes, yes, for for good. Um, but it founds out that they, we find out after they climb a mountain. <laughs> we're talking about that scene, and they realize there's you know it's you know it's back to norm because there's only supposed to be a temporary fix. 
um, and then it will rectify itself, the ozone. Technically, yes, that's that was right. McLeod's yeah. purpose. I mean, this is a very 80s and, movie because they're talking about a hole in the ozone, except in this instance, the ozone's gone. Yeah. yeah. So it's come back, obviously healing itself within time. They want to remove it, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And this this corporation guy wants to keep it because he wants to keep to keep the power. That's the story, right? Yes. Pretty much, yeah. It's just gr- a story of greed. It's We have this thing that the whole world needs. So, But how the fuck does this fit into a Highlander film? A hun- yeah, totally. Totally. A Highlander film, as much as I didn't like it, is about badasses, you know, fighting each other in the middle of modern-day cities. Yeah. I- yeah, again, it's kind of part of the prize, as in, if he can hear everything and know everything, technically he's a genius, so he would have been able to solve this, but I, again, this is like really stretching it to fit the plot. I have always hated the dark aesthetic of it throughout as well, even when I first watched it as a kid. It's fucking depressing. No, that's so just is. this movie. It's not even the aesthetic, it's just this movie. Yeah, all around, it's genuinely depressing, especially for Highlander fans. Yeah, they have a lot, a lot of shots of blue in it, in a, in, in a dark, darkened area, mm-hmm. and they have, and they have this dark. You know, it's almost like uh, Blade Runnery with what poorly done. Yes, shit. And and they add. Uh, let me ask you this. Now I know the for the first one had some humor, especially the Clancy Brown character, because it's a fish out of water. You know, this big giant in New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, you know that's fine. I get that. You're gonna have that. But this this is a comedy. The humor and it's awful. Uh, the one, it's really so, bad. Two of the one-liners, you know, um, what what's your shithead? You know, and uh, and then whenever they're doing that fight scene with the, um, with McLeod and the two assassins, uh, his his line delivery, and I know his line delivery is poor in the first one, but he ramps up this, the, the the poor line delivery to you know eleven in this one. It's just so um, you know. De- I mean, <laughs> he makes John Claude Van Damme look like um, fucking Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> I'm shocked, shocked. Sean Connery's in this. They did it for the money. Sean, Sean, no, he didn't. Well, that's Sean what... Connery was on a massive resurgence. Yeah, massive resurgence. He just did the Untouchables, got the Oscar for it. He got, he just did Medicine Man. He did Hunt for Hunt for October. You can still do this... it for a paycheck. Apparently, apparently, the reason he did it, I actually know the reason he did it. Apparently, what I've read was that um, he was good mates with Christopher Lambert after filming Highlander Two. And he's, apparently he said that the only way he would come back for a sequel, because he apparently, apart from the James Bond films, which is a series, he had never actually done a sequel before. And the, and he, the only reason he came back for this one is for his mate, Christopher Lambert, who he got on so well with, apparently, from what I've read. Let's talk about some of the scenes. Um, you have to. I, <laughs> I was all excited, right? I was watching this, and I was like, oh, finally we get some action. And there's this kind of a neat little, it reminded me of Skiffy New York kind of set. Where these guys are guard, guarding the dam, there's water and stuff coming out, and they're controlling the water or whatever. And they're on this bridge, and they got these guards, and there's plenty of guards on this bridge. And the guy goes, "I just heard something in the water." And it's obviously these ninja warriors, these you know, uh, rebels. Yeah. And but he's oh, it's just a fish. What there's fish in the lake? Well, though, it is a pretty big fucking fish. But the guy goes, "Just ignore it, okay." And then they don't see the people repelling. <laughs> The dialogue is They're, horrendous. It's not even that they don't see them. It's that they don't notice the ropes after they're gone. <laughs> yeah, well, either way, how the fuck do you not see these? I yep. mean, and it's a horrible hacking scene. They break in. They're trying to, you know, whatever, break down the shield or whatever they're doing. It's just, I just, and this is where we meet Louise, played by Virginia Manson. Um, I do love the scene after 
he kills the the two twins. Okay, which uh, we argued, but I kind of liked the scene. I thought it was pretty good deaths. Uh, when he kills I the love two the twins, one that gets his, his fucking head cut off by the the like the the wheel of the car or the truck or whatever it is. The train. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's so over the top and stupid, like, but it's it's entertaining. But sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so when he when he kills those two, he gets the quickening again, right? He gets their soul or whatever it is, right? That's how he becomes young again, correct? And Basically, again. yeah, yes. he, because there's now other immortals back on the planet. He is immortal again, also. Yeah, because there's a huge exposition dumped by Virginia Madsen when they're back at McLeod's house. And she goes, well, let me get this straight. So you were immortal and blah, blah, blah. Is that before or after they had sex in the alleyway? <laughs> yeah, first, first meeting, <laughs> well, just, I'm McLeod. Oh, let me get to it. Well, that happens to me all the time, in all fairness. It's the worst, rom- it's the worst romantic build-up in the history of films. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, explain this to me, which you probably guys probably can't. I mean, uh, so they go to stop, obviously, the shield. They need to destroy the shield. Mm-hmm. All right, and they go find their buddy Alan. Who the minute they find him, he goes, "Oh, my buddy!" And then he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then the fan, and then the fans coming down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Sean Connery's like, uh, "You must go. You, you need two of you to you know, to close. You know, to do whatever. You yep. need two of you to do this. You don't need yep. me." And so he uses his quickening to kill to stop the blade. But then it's only you can use so much, and then it crashed on him. Is that what he, he did? He used his life essence to stop the fan. Yeah. Well, couldn't he just say his name again and get him back? <laughs> exactly. That was my thought as well. Yeah. The plot holes here are, are you know, they're, they're countless. I mean, not only that, the fact that it says it needs two of you, and they then echo that again when they're at the end scene, ready to blow it up. She does nothing but look at him lovingly like, hey, I just saw you cut off that guy's head. I love yeah. you. Yeah, I, I was about to ask you that. And it isn't two people that does it. It's McLeod on his own. Yes. I thought you said it takes you two to do it. Maybe it one. takes the power of boners. She had to be there. <laughs> it's the only I thing like, I could think of. I actually like Virginia Madsen in it. I think she's the only one that um, uh, deserved it with a little shred of dignity. Nope. Um, no. She was given bad, um, a terrible script, bad dialogue, but she's the only one that actually um, comes, comes across with a touch of class. I have to say, Sean Connery... Uh, and I love Sean Connery, uh, but yeah, it's disappointing to see him in this shit. Um, you said she comes across with a touch of class, yet in realistically her first scene, she gets boned in the street. <laughs> I'm, talking about, <laughs> I'm not talking about the character, I'm talking about Virginia herself. That's still, see, I mean, she could have made the, made the decision to be like, maybe this isn't the best scene, guys, could we try it this way? You know, she could have put something out there, other than just her ass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, her hands were tied. She, not literally. She, she uh, wanted. She wanted some of the quickening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as he she wasn't too quick. Yeah. She goes. Well, I wanted a quickie, not the quickening. Yeah. And that scene was pretty quick. There was a lot of heads. Like McLeod threw yeah. his head back hands, quite quickly. Yeah. It was so bad. It yeah. was so bad. It was the love scene. It was so. It was right up there with Halloween three. <laughs> oh, it's 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 uh, Dr. Chalice. It's yeah, it, it's it's uh, and you know, and and the the original and most other films like ever made, the romantic um, subplots are built up throughout the course of the film. This is just wham bam. Thank you, mom. Yeah, we're in love again. You know, or you know, I'm in love again. You know, yeah. Who are those women in the paintings? That's my first wife, and that's my <laughs> last wife. They're both dead. Yeah. Soon you will be too, because that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's well, bonkers. Here it is, I think, 
you know, I love how they escape um, after that horrible fucking chase scene, if that's what you want to call it, uh, when Katana is on the uh, on the truck. Yes, <laughs> it's a horrible scene. But they have to climb through mountains and cliffs, and they come out, and they're pretty much on top of fucking Everest. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, how the fuck months? do they do that? Yeah. Um, well, I have a number see- of questions about this. One, given how far they must have driven to get to this mountain, Katana got knocked off the van, and yet in the next scene, he's back at the shield control center. Yep. I saw that, yeah. So yeah. either there's mountains really close to New York that I don't know about, or he runs really fast. <laughs> Wait a minute, this is near New York? That's where this movie sets, New York, as far as I know. What fucking mountains are that? Yeah, it's bonkers. Okay, let me, I, I got you beat. This is the best scene. Is it the train? So, or the subway? Yeah. The subway. <laughs> oh, sub- the subway. The subway when he kills all those people, that's pretty funny. And the yeah, guy he drives, they'll crash through the wall. There's trains yeah. undamaged, but everyone inside is dead, apart from him. And Michael Ironside is terrible in this scene. You know, it's it, terrible it's in like, everything. Yeah, he goes, oh, terrible next stop. This movie sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, when they're taking the car, and they're getting riddled with bullets, right? Yep. And... One takes 130 bullets. The other takes 111. They say something like that. Yeah. Either way, it's about three, 400, 500 bullets we'll say were shot at them. And she's in the fucking trunk. Yeah. So uh, yeah. she didn't get one bullet. No. Yeah. And <laughs> she she would have been She yeah. would have dead. No, these guys are the opposite of stormtroopers. They have really good aim. <laughs> but just with the wrong well, people. Was, well, not for the trunk. <laughs> yeah, but they're not aiming at the trunk. There's nobody meant to be in the trunk. So they're just shooting at the torso and the head. Uh, like, I, I know, but don't you think if you're shooting from behind a car, nope. you can get a straight bullet shot through the highly trained Karen? Got her. You were talking about. <laughs> well, that's okay. You're obviously a fan of the film, though. <laughs> no, no, I'm just a fan of these guys' accuracy. I appreciate it. The worst scene for me is the the um, the one where they have this the stupid movie over Sean Connery getting fitted for a suit. That's probably the best oh, yeah. part of this movie. <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's cringeworthy. So it is. And the rest of this movie isn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, for me, that that is at least one of the worst. You know. Um, you well, know. I mean, where, where do you even start? I mean, you go on for hours about how how bad that this is. Look this and way. This 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 scene is basically just Sean Connery sitting, having a cigar and having a drink and getting a new suit made. Yeah. So this isn't yeah. that dissimilar, probably, to how his actual life was. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably why well, they filmed it. <laughs> I, mean, I think I think our listening audience is going to go on. I'm gonna, we're all, uh, they're probably clearly know by now how you guys feel about it. Yep. I I, I mean um, I, I don't think anyone can disagree. It's listed as one of the worst movies ever. Well, I will say this: I can't judge it because I didn't like the first one. So I think they're director. I mean, I do think the first one's a little more. You know. Okay. Now that you've more, seen this one. A lot more how do you feel about the first one? Com- I still don't like it. I think it's crap. But it's a lot more complicated. It's more structured yes. than this. It's comp. It's completely produced and directed. I'll give it that. But that's it. It's not. I mean, the, everything I stand by. It's a train wreck of a film. But this is. It's almost like, which I don't get because you've got a bigger budget. You got the same team back. So obviously the producers are new producers, maybe, and they just got their hands in it and messed it all up for everybody. Well, budget but, was a big part of it, apparently, because it was filmed in Argentina, as you mentioned. And apparently the country was going through hyperinflation at that point because their t- economy had tanked. So, 
There was yeah. gangsters involved in everything. There was um, gangster um, corrupt politicians and stuff um, looking to get involved and get on sets. There was, I mean, this is like you know, it sounds like an absolute nightmare of a production. Well, I suppose I, the question I, is, who wrote this? So Brian Clemens boy. and William <laughs> N. Panzer. Who wrote the first one? I can't remember who wrote the first one. Let's see. I couldn't tell you. You looking it up now, Colin? I am indeed. Yeah. Completely oh, different wow. people. <laughs> yeah. No surprise there. No. Apparently, they were actually um, presented um, in the early production stages. They were actually presented with um, various script drafts of it. And apparently, this, believe it or not, this was the best of a bad bunch. So, the story was written by one of the producers from the first one. Well, fuck. Mm. Yeah. And with all the studio interference and stuff, yeah, that makes sense. The director wanted his name taken off it. Yeah, he wanted Alan Smithy. Yeah. Which is what uh, directors want to put their names on. Correct. Yeah. Um, if they don't want uh, any uh, relate, you know, they want to get far away from the production, distance themselves from it. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's not just one of the worst sequels ever made. Um, it is also one of the worst films that I've certainly seen. One of the, the the worst sort of you know mainstream films, you know, big budget films. Um, and even even watching it as a kid, I really disliked it. And I was you know a, a big fan of the original as a kid. Um, it's. I mean, it's up, as a sequel, it's up there with Exorcist Two. Yeah, Exorcist Two is bad. Um, like I said, I I can't judge it because I'm not a Highlander fan. Um, but no, but I mean, you to... are a movie fan. So in terms of movies, what do you think? Yeah, in and oh, of itself. Oh, do I just watch it now? Oh shit! I mean, go. that's all I can really say. Yeah, it's poorly acted. The continuity is all over. It's completely a mess. Um, if you are going to make it a musical opera like they tried to do with Highlander, which I didn't like, you can't replace Queen with whatever band they got for this one. <laughs> um, it's well, Queen was yeah, still there. Yeah, I knew the right just about to say that. Yeah, but not there. I mean, that's that's you know. But and for the and for the for the what ninety one, we could have got more better visuals than this. I thought the choreography was better. It's worth fighting. They you know it wasn't it didn't look staged. Um, as boring as a you know, good. That's not necessarily a compliment, but it's not you know. I do like the scene with the two twits, and they fight him, and he's on the like the skateboard thing. I think that's. I a thought cool that was scene. quite good. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I, I, but I think that's quite possibly the best scene in it. Even that's though, the only good scene in it. Really, even though those two characters are pretty ridiculous and annoying, um, and they had cool that's it. I mean, you got Michael Ironside playing the bad guy, and they wanted Clancy Brown back, but he wanted to come back. Smart man. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't um, able to do it for the pay. Yeah, he's well. He was his career started really taking off, so he wasn't going to bother. But it was missing. That's what it was missing. Even if you have this bad, because this a Highlander was a fantasy sci-fi. So you're doing those Clash of the Titans, Flash Gordon, Highlander, these kind of mythical characters set in a modern world is what they were doing with Highlander. And I can get get on board with that and try to somewhat appreciate it. Did it fell flat for me, but I can go with it in some way. This just they didn't know what they were doing. It was all just it was is this a comedy? Where's the violence, by the way? Mm-hmm. Um, well there's a lot of violence, but done in a very comedic way. Yeah, and the, even the beheadings, there's no blood. Yeah. Sorry, there's a lot of blood when you behead somebody. There's no tension uh, either. Um whatsoever. Um whenever they try to get emotional um, for example, the scene where um, he goes to visit, um, you know, flashes back to whenever he visits Brenda um, it, from the first film, and she's like being burnt by the fucking sun. That's you know, um, th- that's meant to be a big emotional scene. It's it's laughable. Yeah, I just yeah, I mean, I I just I 
I, I'm mad because you got you, you bring in Michael Ironside. He's to replace you know obviously the over the top, and he was over the top Clancy Brown. Yeah, but he was over the top vile, and over the top, you know, creepy, and over the top. He's the perfect villain. Um, I, I love Michael Ironside, but what I would say, and I I love Michael Ironside. Yeah, but, but what I would say about him is that. He is better when he's playing, much better when he's playing bad guys straight. Do you know what I mean? And not trying to be an over-the-top pantomime villain as he did in this. I mean, obviously he didn't give a fuck about this, so he, you know, as he admitted himself. So, you know, he sort of gets a bad ball. But for me, he, he, I don't think comedy's his forte, but playing sinister, threatening fucking bad guys or henchmen, he nails that. So he does. Yeah. Yeah, I know. This is, I'll never, I saw this. But my first time in the theater year, you know, I revisited. I will never see this film again. See yeah. I literally just fin- kind of just wrapped it up, and I don't even remember it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I mean, I took notes, and I was like, "What was that scene again?" Yeah, just don't. Just it, it just been there. Just it's well, well, well. This is the thing. Even if you were to take the most extensive notes on it, um, it wouldn't make sense. Your notes wouldn't make sense because the fucking film doesn't make sense. No, you know, it really doesn't. Especially the fact he keeps calling them Highlander, and it's like. Why do you keep calling them Highlander? You weren't there. Yeah. You don't know where the Highlanders are. Who's calling the Highlander? Katana keeps characters? calling them the Highlander. Oh. Well, that's right, because he wasn't on Earth with them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he's he's riding a train. Doesn't know how to drive a train, but somehow he does. He references the Wizard of Oz, but how the fuck would he have seen the Wizard of Oz? Yeah, there's just so much. It's they just... probably have, like, satellite. They also <laughs> they have sky. They also uh, they speak... Like um, people and you know modern day people and stuff, they're supposed to be fucking alien races. They're calling each other jerks and stuff, and it's just ludicrous. Especially considering they're aliens from the past, because they yeah. literally say at one point they're in the future. That's another thing. The time travel-y stuff doesn't fucking make sense either. Yeah, they're they're aliens from the past. Oh, that's right. And McLeod would be able to adapt to change because he's lived it. But if Michael Ironside's coming down from the past. He would he'd be like, what the fuck is this thing? Yep. Yeah. He wouldn't know how to use a gun. Yeah. Nope. Or, or drive yeah, a car or whatever. Really grasp everything. And certainly not fucking drive a train. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. we can just wrap well, it up there. Just This is a piece of shit. Let's just end with this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got Christmas ones coming up next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some real bangers. Yeah, that's right. We're coming up with Christmas month now. Um... That's it. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would just like to, to finish by saying there can be only one one Highlander film, the original. Yeah, I would. Yeah, hundred percent. Three doesn't really add anything. If anything, like it's it's pretty bad, but it's not the as sequels, bad as two. The the, the 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 following sequels actually do retcon and forget about number two. They so do. even even the own its own series wants nothing to do with it. Three's I heard that. pretty bad. Fours. Awful. I quite like Five's the TV series. The one with Adrian Paul. That's a TV series. No, there is a movie with him as well. That's, That's right. Game. Yeah. He, there was a, Christopher Lambert was asked to come back and he says, no, I'm done. And then they said, well, then Adrian Paul is taking over McLeod. And he says he would do a cameo as long as Adrian Paul plays a different character. Yes. Because he didn't want anyone, he, Christopher Lambert didn't want anyone else playing McLeod. Um, yeah, but it's a TV so that's why series, he, yeah. That's why they got him make a cameo. Mm-hmm. I think in the in the pilot. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he dies in the movie. Uh, what movie? Endgame. I don't think I've seen that oh, one. I, it's horrible. I've never. 
There's more of these? Yeah. It's there's Highlander, four or five of them? Highlander there's TV one, show. two, three. I think there's... Is there there's a, a, I think, it's I think the there's at least five of them. Or Endgame? There's one that stars just Adrian um, Paul, and it's a spin-off of the series. So and it was like a made-for-TV well, movie. So that would be that, that I would get. Then there's actually about five, I think. There's also an anime. There was also animated series, yes, and there was. then of course the the right. And then there was also a spin-off from the the TV series called Highlander: The Raven, starring a female immortal. Oh dear God! This is so the continuity in the Highlander series is up there with the Terminator series. But for, of being so messed up. Yeah. So Highlander 1, 2, and 3 are what you would call the Connor McLeod ones. Yeah. And the TV series started in 92 and ran through to 98. Endgame was in 2000. It's the one where Connor dies Is and it? hands his sword to Duncan or some shit. I can't remember. Yeah, exactly. I haven't it's seen horrible. that one. And then it. the source is the one that's just Duncan. Right. So there is five then, and a few series. Yeah, <laughs> I just Jesus. stick with the fucking original. <laughs> well, on that note, guys, thanks for joining me on this one. Always a pleasure. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> if you want to listen to this one, <laughs> feel free to give us a listen at Citizen Frame on our podcast, and of course on Facebook. Um, next up is our Christmas month. Everyone likes our Christmas uh, films, and you know, they like our Christmas film selections. So we hope you enjoy them. Uh, the new issue of Phantasm Phantasmagoria is out now. Yeah, that is on all Kindle formats and at Forbidden Planet locally and in London. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, yes, it's available in print form from Amazon throughout the world, and also Forbidden Planet International, Belfast, and Forbidden Planet Mega Store London. Cool. And we're going to end this one. Just walk away. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to walk <laughs> away. Yeah. Um, all right. All right, guys. Take care. Rock.